Hello, this is Dr. Brian McDonough, and welcome to the Dr. Brian McDonough Show. This is a very special program, and it's one which uh, I'm going to try to look back three years. On January 20th, 2020, we had our first case of COVID here in the United States, and since that time, there have been more than 1.1 million deaths in the world. More than 6.7 million people have perished as a result of COVID. To try to summarize what has happened in the last three years, psychosocial, political, health-wise, it, it's next to impossible. I won't even try. What I'd like to do is take a look at some of the thoughts as we move through the pandemic. When I look back at it, I realize how much we learned and how we had to grow through so much and deal with so many issues. We did it together, and we're coming out the other side. That's important. The Dr. Brian McDonough Show. For instance, today, February 29th, we had a situation where the president has spoken uh, Mayor Bloomberg is making a three-minute video talking about his opinions. Government leaders are speaking. It seems because we have so many media outlets, all sorts of people are speaking. Now, I tend to be a big believer in people from the NIH, the CDC, and those who are involved in this every day. I understand that politicians need to get in front of these things. It's part of their leadership. It's also part of how they get votes and they do what they do. I'm an apolitical person. I'm really concerned about coronavirus, which doesn't care if you're Democrat, you're Republican, you're a citizen, you're not a citizen, if you're from the United States or you're not. I think it's pretty clear. So what we need to do is talk about basic information. So, you know, I've been doing this at Channel 6 for uh, about 45 years. And, and interestingly to me, the most... Uh, The story where I have felt like I was needed most and could and could provide the most important service over that period of time has been the last two years, uh, and you know, with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, every day that we go on the air, I have felt, you know, since February, March of 2020 that we were um, uh, giving people just essential information. And certainly for the first half of this, of this time frame, and we forget, people were scared. People were worried. People were worried about their own well-being. People were worried about uh, their, their families. And plenty of people lost members of their families. Uh, so if you hadn't lost a member of your family, you were worried about losing a member of your family. And there was the sense of isolation. And what about the kids and their education? It, it's a, un, been unlike any story that I've certainly experienced before. Um, and then of course it became politicized. Then the politics you know, became so much a part of this story. This story, every day for two years, has had a, you know an immediate, substantive, emotional, psychological, economic impact on all of our lives. Um, 
at no time have I ever felt that, you know, my job was more important and where I could provide a more important service than, than we have. There are some keywords for today. The keywords, nothing has changed. The Washington model, that Washington state model that experts look at, is now predicting as many as 3,000 deaths as we head into the summer. That's 3,000 deaths in the United States per day in a predictive model. People are asking, why would that number double from where we are now? The answer is, except for the fact that we are opening up the country to different parts, nothing has changed. Let me say it again, nothing has changed when it comes to the virus. The virus doesn't care what governors say, what leaders say, and what we say, frankly. The virus attacks the way it attacks. So if more people come in contact, more people will get the virus, especially if they're not practicing social distancing, especially if they're not wearing masks. Nothing has changed. Um, so we we have to go back, uh, back to March of uh, 2020, when the University of Delaware uh, made the difficult but strategic decision um, to actually start spring break early uh, and send the students home, uh, gave them a two week spring break so that we could make plans for how we're going to deal with this and see how it's going to evolve. Early on, um, we did not know how fast it was going to spread. We had the first cases um, at the University of Delaware were the first cases in the state of Delaware at the time. Uh, so we were uh, spending a lot of time talking with the governor, the Department of Health, coming up with plans uh, for how we could keep everyone as safe as possible. And in doing so, um, we, we decided during that two-week period to pivot to online only. So we asked the students not to come back to campus, which a lot of universities followed our lead and, and did the same thing. Um, so for those students, uh, ones that were seniors, unfortunately, their fourth year of, at the University of Delaware, they didn't get a graduation. Um, they didn't get to walk down an aisle and receive their, their degree. Uh, so I think that had quite an impact on them. It was not an easy decision for us to make. And I have a very important message for young people. And by that, I mean people under 35. The sense through the media and everyone else has been that if you're young, you're going to get through this and you're going to do well. Let me rephrase this. If you're young, you are less likely to die than an older person. You are less likely to be hospitalized and die than a person with pre-existing medical conditions but you're not gonna get off easy. There will be damage to your body. Remember, this virus aggressively attacks the endothelial lining of blood vessels, whether you're young or old. It blows up the lining of blood vessels. What that does is it causes inflammation. And we're finding that in young people, it is doing early damage to the lungs. Damage that I don't know if we can equate it to years of smoking cigarettes or exposure to radon or whatever you want to say, but it's doing damage to the lungs that could reveal itself as bigger problems in 15, 20, 25 years. Now that may not mean much to you when you're 26, 30 years old, but it will mean a lot when you're older. It is one of the most common questions I get. When will things return to normal? And today or tomorrow, we're probably going to hit the number 200,000 in deaths, a very frustrating number a number that will get a great deal of attention. So people are asking the question, like, how long is this going to last? 
And here's what the experts say. The pandemic, which is the rapid, uncontrollable spread of the virus, might end, but it will continue to transmit at lower levels. This is called endemic spread. Now, it sounds depressing, but over time, endemic viruses typically become less harmful. In the short run, many experts predict a second peak that will be later on in the year, probably in the fall during the flu season. Uh, Philadelphia, where, you know, where we're seated, uh, was uh, the central, was ground zero for the pandemic of uh, 1918. Uh, we didn't learn a lot of things at the time of that pandemic. And when this pandemic hit, we were essentially at the same place where we were a hundred years earlier. The one difference is that we had invested in science and in an amazingly short period of time, we were able to come up with what, three, four, now five very effective vaccines. I remember, I remember like it was yesterday, I was so excited, couldn't get it fast enough. December 22nd, 2020, got my first dose of the vaccine. Since that time, I've gotten a second dose and two boosters. It is, I am convinced, what has kept me from ending up in the hospital or worse. Yeah, you know, I, I think skepticism is, is reasonable. I think you should be skeptical of anything you put into your body. But once the, the, the studies have shown that something is safe and effective, once the, the, that now millions and hundreds of millions and frankly billions of people have been immunized with a vaccine, which now is largely is arguably the largest vaccine uh, trial in, in humankind. I mean, we have more people who've been vaccinated with this vaccine than arguably any other. Um, then you should believe the data. If you look at the group that's it, it, least likely to be immunized in this country, it's people less than 30. And, you know, we still see, you know, a lot of this disease and a lot of suffering and hospitalization and ICU admissions and deaths. I, I was on service uh, a few weeks ago. We admitted about 18 children to the hospital with COVID. Um, all but one were over five years of age and none of them were vaccinated. None of their parents were vaccinated. None of their siblings were vaccinated. It was just really hard to watch. Uh, it was it was a different kind of three months for us because it was more me doing what my journalism background did than doing the goofball sports talk host. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for three months, we didn't have any sports. And we really turned our show into trying to apply the things that we apply to sports to what was going on in our real world. Uh, there was no way to escape reality back then. Mm -hmm. But... Um, we also invited people to go to people like you, people who knew what they were talking about and the intricacies of that pandemic. Please go over, listen to Dr. McDonough. He knows he knows a lot more about this than we did. It was a real weird period of time. Whatever. We got dragged in it too, Doc, and it was bad. And, and we got out of it because there's two different sides on that issue of whether you should get the vaccine or not get the vaccine. And, I'm sure we alienated people. So we really try to avoid it because we're not, a, that's not what we do. You know, politics is not what we do. Politics is not what you do. Um, you inform people about medical issues and we talk sports. 36 months, 1,095 days, politicians have come and gone. Over a million families have an empty seat at the table. But most people are still fighting. They're fighting a fight for themselves and others. And we can't give up hope because, frankly, the virus doesn't care. Let, let me give you a personal take on this, and this is really it's a, even hard to talk about, uh, but it's from the heart. So uh, I, I'm, I'm lucky to have two grandchildren, <clears throat> and 
when they ask me, when they're older, what did you do when a million Americans died? What did you do, Grandpa, to fix it? I want to be able to say that I was part of the solution and not just an ongoing part of the problem. The Dr. Brian McDonough Show.